The core principle is simple. Public health professionals must be the ones making our public health decisions and communicating with the American people. Public health professionals. Have you ever felt a visceral attraction to a politician? There is not a liberal America and a conservative America. There is the United States of America. I am your voice. Ask yourself if they're really telling the truth. This is a secret innuendo being leaked out there about me. I was honestly concerned that he might lie about the nature of our meeting. This is Subliminally Correct, a podcast where we examine all the ways politicians and newsmakers are using psychological tactics to influence you every single day. And now, join myself, Taylor Sherman, certified hypnosis instructor and executive coach, along with my co-host, Alex Dobranik, political consultant and certified consulting hypnotist, on this episode of Subliminally Correct. And welcome to another episode of Subliminally Correct. What do we have up for today, Alex? Well, in this episode, we're going to be taking a listen to Joe Biden's speech responding to the coronavirus pandemic. Now, Biden is selling the idea that Trump's past few years have been damaging and destructive to the country, making us ill-prepared for the crisis. This is also Biden's moment to contrast himself to President Trump by trying to sound more presidential after some of Trump's recent comments, like the one that we covered last week, unsettled much of the nation. We'll be breaking down exactly how he uses this moment to persuade you that he's more sensible and the more presidential option. Now, before we begin, we know that you enjoy this type of commentary, and since you enjoy this type of deep dive into information that we're doing, consider supporting our mission here. Each month, we have server costs as well as the time spent developing the show. We're close to meeting our goal for this month, which means that it's now time to chip in. Your support today keeps us on the air tomorrow, which is, for now, completely ad-free. Just chip in to keep us on the air, and you can find the link in the show notes, as well as going to our website, sublimallycorrect.com, and clicking on the Support Us link in the menu bar. Now, let's listen to this first clip here. It's going to mean making some radical changes in our personal behaviors. More frequent and more thorough hand-washing, staying home from work if you're ill, but also altering the deeply ingrained habits in our country like handshakes and hugs, avoiding large public gatherings. That's why earlier this week, on the recommendation of officials, my campaign canceled election night rallies that we planned to hold in Cleveland, Ohio. We're also reimagining the format for large crowd events we had planned in Chicago and Miami in the coming days. And we'll continue to assess and adjust how we conduct our campaigns as we move forward and find new ways to share our message with the public while putting health and safety of the American people first, above everything else. Yesterday, we announced a public health advisory committee of experts who will continue to counsel my campaign and me, help guide our decisions on the steps to minimize further risks. But we also, we will lead by science. The World Health Organization now has officially, officially declared COVID-19 a pandemic. Downplaying it, being overly dismissive, or spreading misinformation is only going to hurt us and further advantage the spread of the disease. But neither should we panic. 
or fall back on xenophobia. Labeling COVID-19 a foreign virus does not displace accountability for the misjudgments that have been taken thus far by the Trump administration. Let me be crystal clear. The coronavirus does not have a political affiliation. It will infect Republicans, independents, and Democrats alike. and will not discriminate based on national origin, race, gender, or zip code. It will touch people in positions of power, as well as most vulnerable in our society. And it will not stop. Banning all travel from Europe or any other part of the world may slow it, but as we've seen, it will not stop it. And travel restrictions based on favoritism and politics rather than risk will be counterproductive. This disease could impact every nation and any person on the planet. We need a plan about how we're going to aggressively manage here at home. So here we hear Biden start to his speech, and he's really framing the issue, knowing some of the things that you probably already need to know, you know, about um, COVID-19 and all of these um all these aspects. And as we start to get in here, he explains this is why he canceled the Cleveland rally. This is why they're also reconsidering the format of those in the coming days, which is a big question. You know, how is Joe Biden going to campaign and, you know, Bernie Sanders, but, you know, well, how is Joe Biden going to campaign here um, in these coming weeks and months? Like, what is that going to look like if you're telling everyone avoid, you know, large crowds? And, you know, how is that how is that happening? And so he addresses that saying, you know, they're going to reconsider the format, but he doesn't say exactly how they're going to do it. And then it is talking about how they're leading by science and that, you know, this is really just a a call out to what Donald Trump's response has been. And he says, you know, downplaying it, dismissing it or spreading misinformation is only going to hurt us. So. What he's implying here is that Donald Trump and all of the people who work for him have been doing that, that they have been downplaying it, that they have been dismissing it. He goes much further here within this speech at really going after the Trump administration's response. Um, but this is what we hear him starting off with is really labeling what it is that he sees Trump as doing and saying that's not going to work. Yeah. And if you listen to our last episode, we talked about Trump's response there and how Trump really labeled that virus as being this foreign virus. And of course, just like Taylor said here, this is a moment where Biden can contrast himself with President Trump. And he says, labeling COVID-19 a foreign virus does not displace the accountability of the misjudgment so far taken by the Trump administration. And so he is really laying the blame down heavy there and, uh, and, and again, playing it up as though President Trump uh, made all kinds of missteps and downplayed it and dismissed it and made it, you know, minimized the danger of the thing, which is, you know, to some extent fair at the same time, um, you don't really want the president of the United States telling everybody to panic. And so, uh, you know, it's really a chance for Biden has this moment where he can essentially talk about how serious it is because he's not actually the one um, responsible for solving the crisis. He can sort of throw rocks from the sidelines. And so he's really taking full advantage of this here. Now, when he says, you know, we will lead by science, what's he really alluding to there? 
Well, he's alluding to the fact that, you know, President Trump, you know, is well known to be, uh, you know, go with his gut feelings and to, you know, not listen to the experts and to listen to himself instead. And uh, and maybe he's alluding to, you know, the Republicans not really um, trusting scientists and, uh, you know, things like evolution and climate change and all of that. This is really a moment where, uh, you know, the listener can really color in their heads what exactly that means, because, you know, leading by science is just such a vague statement that you can really uh, fill in the blank there with whatever sort of thoughts you want about it. Um, And it's really something that really anybody could say about any politician. And so um, so this is what Biden's doing right here, being able to do that, um, contrast himself with President Trump um, and really uh, play up the severity of this entire crisis and make it seem as though Trump is completely clueless. Now, in this next clip, we hear Biden getting a little bit more inspirational. And you know what? People actually need this. I just want to say people actually need right now for these leaders to be inspirational because although we talk so much on the show about how vague language and not filling in the blanks and kind of giving people these big pictures, you know, doesn't necessarily help them. People actually need that type of, you know, wonderfully huge reassurances of everything's going to be okay in order to bring themselves down from abject panic into, okay, I'm just a little bit more cautious and I'm going to take all of the right steps. So here we hear Biden, you know, shifting to a little bit of a positive message. But then, of course, we're going to hear him shift right back to going after Trump. Um, but it is good to hear his uh, kind of more positive message here. So let's take a listen to this um, this next clip. You know, you all do know the American people have the capacity to meet this moment. We're going to face this with the same spirit of, that has guided us in through previous crises. And we'll come together as a nation. We'll look out for one another and do our part as citizens. We have, we have to be, we have to harness the ingenuity of our scientists and the resourcefulness of our people. And we have to help the world, help the world to drive coordinated global strategy. Not shut ourselves off from the world. Protecting the health and safety of the American people is the most important job of any president. And unfortunately, this virus laid bare the severe shortcomings of the current administration. Public fears are being compounded by pervasive lack of trust in this president, fueled by adversarial relationships with the truth that he continues to have. Our government's ability to respond effectively has been undermined by hollowing out our agencies and disparagement of science. And our ability to drive a global response is dramatically, dramatically undercut by the damage Trump has done to our credibility and our relationships around the world. We have to get to work immediately to dig ourselves out of this hole. And that's why today I'm releasing a plan to combat and overcome the coronavirus. The full details of the plan, to go, want to see them, go to JoeBiden.com, where I lay out the immediate steps we have to take to deliver one decisive public health response to curb the spread of the disease and to provide treatment those who need it and a decisive economic response that delivers real relief to American workers, families, and small businesses, and protects the economy as a whole. I offer it as a roadmap, not for what I will do as president 10 months from now, 
but for the leadership that I believe is needed required at this very moment. President Trump is welcome to adopt all of it today. The core principle is simple. Public health professionals must be the ones making our public health decisions and communicating with the American people. Public health professionals. It would be a step toward reclaiming public trust and confidence in the United States government as well, toward stopping the fear and chaos that can overtake communities faster than this pandemic can overtake. All right, so here at the beginning of this clip, we hear Biden going into a little bit of inspiration, all right, talking about how the American people have the capacity to meet this moment and how we're going to harness our ingenuity. But, you know, of course, by using large words and unspecified verbs like harness ingenuity, okay, what does that mean? Well, we may have pictures in our head about scientists, you know, putting drops into beakers and, you know, manufacturing plants, you know, churning out large amount of masks or something. You know, we don't know exactly what needs to be done just from hearing it. Instead, it leaves it up to the listener's mind to decide. And notice how both Biden and Trump, as we heard in last week's episode, are both using the word moment a lot. This moment. And by saying it like that, it actually diminishes the fear of it, but at the same time acknowledges that it's bad. So it's implying, you know what, it's just this moment in time that, you know, is happening. Just this moment that we're going through, meaning it's not going to last forever. It's just a moment. And so when they're using that word, that kind of minimizes it and, you know, also gives people a little bit of a calmer, more relaxed feeling. But of course, he doesn't. That's just a little bit of a a detour, you know, on his stop toward, you know, let's go back to talking about the failures of the president. And so he says this thing, for example, about how public fears have been compounded by distrust of the president. What does that mean? So he nominalizes the word public fears. Okay, we've talked about nominalization, you know, before here on the show. So, you know, please go back and listen to some of the previous episodes. We're going to define that for you. It's a uh, a broad generalized term to really shorten it. So he takes public fears and that takes a big group of experiences. And you start to think about all of these experiences together. So public fear. So all of a sudden, all of the news articles and all of the social media videos and all of the conversations you've had with people who didn't want to stand too close to you, um, you know, all of that is what he's describing, perhaps, when he says public fears. Public fears have been compounded by distrust of the president. And again, you know, what does this all mean? But he's talking in these broad generalized terms and then you know he has this really you know interesting thing he's doing here with um the public health professionals he says the core principle is simple public and he pauses public health professionals must be the ones making our public health decisions so notice how he's establishing this cadence, this way of saying public health professionals, public health decisions. So this repetition and the cadence drive home a message. So it seems more credible because the two ideas are related. You know, they both have the two words public health in them. So he's kind of 
connecting these two things together. Professionals should make professional decisions. He takes the two together. And that's an association effect. So when people have two things together, they go, oh, these belong together. Therefore, that makes sense. But it's a persuasive tactic. And in fact, as I was thinking about it, this is the same effect that makes people not buy Corona beer, right? Because they both have the word Corona in them. And so the mind makes an association and it says, oh, Corona, I don't want to get Corona. And so then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the beer is sitting on the shelves when all the other beer, of course, because, you know, there's one thing in which people need to stock up on. It's their uh, their uh, their alcohol. And so um, people won't buy the beer, you know, for that reason. And so, you know, that's that's some of what he's he's getting to here. And something else that Biden is doing here is sort of playing off that distrust that people have for President Trump. We know that a lot of people already don't believe a lot of what President Trump says. And so Biden here is using that by saying that public fears have been compounded by the distrust of the president. And so he's nominalizing public fears, um, which takes a lot of experiences that people might have that are completely different from each other, but sort of wraps them all up into one right there. And so you start thinking of them all together, these public fears um, and this distrust of President Trump. And then he doesn't really explain how it's all compounded, but that all of uh, this bad press that President Trump got from his, uh, from his speech the other night really, um, you know, just adds sort of uh, narrative to this, uh, this, this compounded distrust here. And so uh, Biden is able to latch on to that and sort of refer to it as though it's something that you should already know about. And he just tosses that out there and is able to sort of wrap up all of these negative feelings into uh, a nominalization, into um, sort of a generalization that you can uh, really apply any sort of thought that you might have. And so then he goes into talking about um, the damage that has been done and that our ability to drive a global response. So he's really drawing this problem out from not just being a national problem. Now it's a global problem that the president has made even worse. And this uh, distrust that you have for the president is now something that you might have for the country. Because he says, um, our ability to drive a global response has been dramatically undercut by the damage that President Trump has done to his credibility and our relationships around the world. And so he's getting at the idea that President Trump's actions not only damage himself, but they also damage our credibility and our relationships around the world as well. Sort of taking all those bad things that he wrapped up previously and then tying it to yourself personally and the country as a whole because Trump's actions hurt you personally and everybody else in the country and the world. And so um, that's really what stood out to me in that section. And in this next clip, we're going to be hearing Biden really talking about the testing and He's going to be telling us a lot about what the administration now should do. Now, pay attention to this because he's putting a lot of pressure here on Trump to act in a certain way. 
But there's so, several political forces that are going on here in this next, you know, uh, kind of short clip that we have. And we're going to break them down fully so that you can really understand what is it that Biden is really trying to accomplish or achieve here, you know, through this part of his speech. Let's take a listen. First, anyone, anyone who needs to be tested based on medical guidance should be tested at no charge, at no charge. The administration's failure on testing is colossal, and it's a failure of planning, leadership, and execution. The White House should measure and report each day, each and every day, how many tests have been ordered, how many tests have been completed, and how many have tested positive. By next week, the number of tests should be in the millions, not the thousands. We should make every person in the nursing home available for testing. Every senior center or vulnerable population has to have easy access to the test. And we should establish hundreds of mobile testing sites, at least 10 per state, and drive through testing centers to speed testing to protect the health of our workers. The CDC, private labs, universities, and manufacturers should be working lockstep to get this done and get it done correctly. No effort should be spared, none. No excuses should be made. Tests should be available to all who need them. And the government, the government should stop at nothing to make that happen. We must know the true extent of this outbreak so we can map it, trace it, and contain it. Nor should we hide the true number of infections in hope of protecting political interests or the stock market. The markets will respond strong to strong, steady, and capable leadership that addresses the root of the problem, not efforts to cover it up. So here Joe Biden is getting to the part of his speech where he's prescribing what should be done instead of just blaming the president. So uh, he goes in talking about how, you know, tests should be in the millions and not the thousands and how, you know, we need to make every senior citizen and every senior citizen home available for testing and how, you know, we need to be uh, allocating all of this money to treat it, trace it, and contain it, um, talking about how the markets are going to respond to strong, steady, capable leadership um, that addresses the root of the problem, not efforts to cover it up. So the things that he's doing here is just really the uh, going through action point by action point of what he might do instead. Now, they're not terribly specific, but they're specific enough to where you get the idea that he might, if he was president right now, might be able to actually implement those. And it's still consistently tied to um, blame because with every point, he's sort of adding in that that contrast to President Trump of how that's this thing is currently not being done. Here's what's wrong. Here's what should be done. Here's what's wrong. Here's what should be done. And it's sort of that back and forth there that really makes this part here particularly persuasive. Right. And I think that by using the word should, you know, that's he uses the word should so much here about this is what should happen. The administration should do this. They should do that. And he's calling and holding Trump to account on a number of different specifics. So when he says by next week, tests should be in the millions, not in the thousands. Think about what's going to happen when by the next week, you know, due to some circumstances that might just 
be out of Trump's control if tests haven't gotten there yet. A certain number of people are going to say, wait a second, that's not what Biden, who was the maybe another leader we were thinking about electing, um, you know, that's not what Biden said. Why isn't Trump meeting, you know, Biden's standard here? You know, why isn't he doing that? Joe Biden said basically that he could have gotten it done. So why isn't Trump getting it done? And it's going to start to make Trump look bad because he's really putting it on him. This is what should happen. This is what should happen. And so there's all this pressure that's now being applied to Trump to actually get into alignment, get into alignment with Biden's recommendations here that he is, you know, where does he come up with these recommendations? We don't know, you know, but this is, you know, what he is putting out. And it sounds like, well, he really has a, has a plan, you know, here within this. Um, So Biden thinks that he maybe would do a better job at containing it. But, you know, who knows if that would actually happen? You know, who knows if actually that's what, you know, would would go on. And, um, you know, he had a really great reframe here where he talked about, you know, the markets. He talked about the stock markets and, you know, the markets will respond to strong, steady, capable leadership that addresses the roots of the problem not efforts to cover it up. So this is a nice reframe. It's what we call a content or meaning reframe um, by Joe. And he suggests that the reason the economy is doing poorly is because of Trump. Now, that's a little bit hard for Trump to argue with. Now, why? Because Trump has tied his success to the economy's success. So Trump has kept saying, well, the economy is successful because of me. The economy is successful because of me. Now, Trump has tied it there very, very strongly. And now that the economy has started to dip, Biden says, wait, wait, wait. Actually, the economy isn't working because of Trump. Because of Trump, it's not working. And so he's reframing the whole thing as, you know what, actually, this guy is not good at um, you know, being a leader of the economy, he's not giving the leadership and that's why the markets are tanking. And so he turns Trump's, the economy is amazing, you know, because of him argument just right on its head and it shifts it, you know, all the way around. All right. I think that's all the time we've got for today. Head on over to sublimallycorrect.com and in the top right corner, you can find a link to our Patreon page where you can support us for as much as a cup of coffee a month just to keep us on the air, keep those server bills low if you want to. And you can also head on over to Twitter at SubliminalPod. Send us your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, things you'd like to see into the show over there and also on our Facebook page as well. And we will talk to you next week.